So as we continue to look at various phrases from the Apostles' Creed, which we've been doing for the last several weeks, I want us to, again this morning, say that creed together. I did not tell our PowerPoint folks this ahead of time, so it won't be on the screen. If you need to see it in print, it is number 881 in that hymnal that's in front of you. Um, A lot of you will know it without the print, but... Um, 881 in your hymnal I would like us to say it together and maybe just a tad more slowly because I want you to think about every phrase that we thought about over the last few weeks so let's share it in this creed together I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God. Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Well, We said it, and in the saying, we're proclaiming our belief. In all of those phrases and statements we just read together. We're at the point this morning in looking at this creed where we need to consider what we don't seem to talk about all that much in the church Maybe because it sounds a little frightening, maybe because it confronts us with the condition of our own souls as well as creates concern for the condition of the souls of others. The phrase we're going to look at, you heard Charlie talk about it a moment ago with the children. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead, or from there he shall come. To judge in the quick and the dead. From where? Well, the previous phrase told us. Last week, we spent time looking at the phrase, He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. So, we're saying Jesus will leave that place of honor in heaven and return to earth. From thence, He shall come. From there, He will come. And apparently... When he comes again, he'll have some business to take care of that we need to consider with this week's phrase. The doctrines wrapped up in this one short phrase are significant. The second coming of Christ and the day of judgment that his return will bring. Let's look at just a couple of scriptures related to those those topics before we go any further. To begin from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 
Paul writes these words. Some of them we've already said this morning. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. And then from the book of Thessalonians, there Paul writes in chapter 1, For it is indeed just of God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to the afflicted as well as to us. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. These will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction, separated from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might when he comes to be glorified by his saints and to be marveled at on that day among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, what kind of feelings do these scriptures create in you? How do you feel when you think about the return of Christ and the final judgment that will accompany his return? I'm imagining that a couple of sets of emotions could exist in relation to that. It could be thanks, rejoicing, anticipation. It could be uncertainty and fear. How we feel probably depends on our state of preparedness or our lack of preparedness. If we are assured of our salvation and are living in a daily relationship with our Lord, it's very possible to feel thankful for God's grace in Jesus Christ, which makes our preparedness for that judgment to come possible. If we are not sure that we're ready for that day, it makes sense that we would be uncertain, even afraid of what might happen on that day of judgment. So, what do you feel knowing that day is coming? Possibly soon. We don't know when. I do know that every time there's a massive global event, people start talking about the possibility of the second coming being close. We don't know exactly when, but it could be soon. I feel a little uncomfortable preaching about it because it's not really one of those fun topics to consider. It's not necessarily one of those things that congregations want to hear talked about that much. But we can't deny the truth that it's in Scripture. 
The Bible is full of passages that say in no uncertain language that Jesus will return someday. If we say we believe what's in the Bible, if we say, as we just did, that we believe all these other areas that are wrapped up in this creed, how do we all of a sudden just decide, oh, I don't believe that part. We can't really do that. If you believe the rest of the Bible, you believe what it says about Christ's return. And for those who believe, it's not a question of if. It's only a question of when. And we don't know the answer to that question. In the creed, we say, we believe Christ will come again to judge the quick and the dead. We say we really believe he's coming back, returning to earth someday, and upon his return that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. When that time comes, what we think about Christ had already better be settled. If we wait until his return or our own death, which brings us face to face with the Lord, whichever of those comes first. If we wait, it'll be too late to decide. When he comes in return, he will not be so much that humble, gentle, inviting Savior, the little baby in the manger, offering grace and mercy. And it makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside as we look at our nativity scene and celebrate Jesus that way. Yes, he came to offer love and grace. That grace is being offered now, right now. It's there for us to accept right now and to share with others so they accept it right now. But when he returns again, when he comes again, he will come in all his glory as the victorious, righteous judge, judging the living and the dead with judgment based on one thing. What did we decide to do with Jesus? What did we decide to do with Jesus? In our own lives. At that point, nothing else matters. Those of you who are old enough will remember the, the actor W.C. Fields. Just before his death, W.C. Fields was visited by a friend in his hospital room. And he was surprised to see him flipping through his Bible. And he said, what in the world are you doing looking through the Bible? He said, well, I'm looking for loopholes. There are no loopholes, friends. For us, 
for other good people like us who attend church regularly, for our family and our friends who may not attend church at all, for anybody else, there are no loopholes. Judgment is coming, plain and simple. And what we do, what we did with Jesus at that point Did we have a living, growing relationship with him is the only criterion for that judgment regarding our eternal destination. Nothing else matters. Not how good of a life we've tried to live. Not how many times we were in church. Not how generous we are or how loving we want to be. Not how successful we've been in our careers only one thing what did we decide to do with Jesus a poll that I've seen shows that about every four out of five Americans agree that we'll all be called before God someday at judgment to answer for our sins I'm not convinced that 80% of Americans believe that. I'm not sure. I'm convinced that 80% of church-going Christians really believe that. At least, we don't believe it to the degree that it affects our lives and our actions. If we did, we'd be a whole lot more intentional about growing in our own Christ-likeness, and we'd be way more energetic and intentional about sharing that good news of Jesus Christ with other people to help them be ready for that day whenever it comes. The reality is for those who have not accepted Christ, the day he comes back to judge all mankind will not be a pleasant day. Listen again to some of the scripture we read earlier that talk about that day. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of His power on the day He comes to be glorified. That's not something I would look forward to if I knew I hadn't decided what I was going to do with Jesus. It's not something I want other people to encounter either. I'm guessing that's where a lot of you are. You don't want that day to come without having decided about Jesus, but neither do you want that day to come before some of your family and your friends, and your co-workers, and your classmates have decided. When we say we believe he'll come again to judge the living and the dead, I wonder how much we really believe that. It doesn't seem that we believe it on the level We've talked about of believing all of these phrases throughout the series. Belief that leads to action. Belief that moves us to do something because of what we say we believe. If we really believe he'll come again to judge 
then why aren't we more active in telling people how to avoid the eternal consequences coming for those who don't know Christ as Lord and Savior? Did you hear that phrase from the scripture we've read a couple times now? Punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord? I think that's how we would describe hell. A place of everlasting punishment, completely removed from the presence of God. With that day of judgment comes our eternal location heaven or hell where we end up is decided right now and it's totally dependent on what we decide to do with Jesus nothing else now I'm not a believer in trying to scare people into heaven although it is a kind of a scary thought of not being there. But I do think we need to make the offer of and the conditions of salvation clear to neighbors and friends and family members. And we do need to help them understand there are very real consequences for not choosing Christ. The consequences of rejecting Christ are eternal. That's why we and everybody we know need to be sure we're ready for whenever that day of judgment comes. The scripture says it can happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye. Whether we expect it at that time or not. Who knows when? So the first question we have to ask is, are we ready? Because we don't know when that's going to happen. We don't know that moment, that blink of an eye, that time for judgment. Are we ready? Understanding it's not about what we've done ourselves, but what we've done with Jesus. I mean, some of you are probably sitting there thinking, why is he preaching to this bunch of people who are pretty faithful to be at church on Sunday mornings? We're already good to go. I hope so. But I'm telling you, I've seen people who have been in the church for years come to realize that they weren't really ready because they hadn't fully made their own decision about Jesus. Think about a couple in a church I was serving 12 or 13 years ago. Husband and wife who were going through the wife's battle with cancer. And it had been a multi-year battle. Difficult battle. And one Sunday morning at the end of a church service, they came forward and knelt at the altar and I went to pray with them I said I know it's tough I said I assume you want more prayer for this battle and they both said no we're just realizing we've never intentionally chosen 
to follow Jesus. They've been in the church for years. They've been battling cancer with the church surrounding them, loving them, praying for them. And suddenly they realized we haven't made that decision ourselves. We've hung out with a lot of people who have made that decision. But after years in the church, they knew they needed to make their own decision about Christ. If you're not sure, I invite you to become sure this morning. When we sing our closing hymn in a couple minutes, you can pray and tell our Lord you're ready to be sure. I'm ready to be sure you're in my life. I'm ready to be sure that I've chosen you and that I'm going to follow you. You can do that there. You can come at kneel, kneel at one of these places of prayer. You can do that. We can be sure of our readiness for whenever that day comes. Don't leave this morning unless you're sure. But my second question is this. How many people do you know that you think probably are not yet ready? Friends, neighbors, family, co-workers that simply aren't ready because they haven't decided yet what they want to do with Jesus. How long is your list? Are you picturing faces? Are you thinking of names? If we really believe Christ will come again to judge, we can't keep from telling others. We just can't. We can not continue Our pattern of not telling them the good news of God's grace available through Jesus. We can't not tell them about the hope of new life. Now as well as eternal life. We say we believe but do our words and actions really show that we do? I don't ever want to be confronted with a time when I need to think oh they're gone and I should have told them it's too late I wish I'd made sure they were sure but it could happen if we don't act on what we say we believe we have great news to share the great news of the grace of God available through Christ. We still have time today, but who knows for how much longer to make our own decision, to help others make their own decision about what they're going to do with Jesus. The Bible tells us today is the day of salvation. We can have assurance 
that we are indeed in a relationship with Christ that enables us to know him personally. We can help other people experience that same assurance in Jesus Christ. The choice is ours. To know God through Christ and accept his offer of salvation. To have that free ticket to eternal life punched and we're ready to go. The choice is ours. But the judgment is his. The choice is ours. The judgment is his. And we say we believe that day of judgment is coming. He's coming again to judge the quick and the dead. And we know, because Scripture tells us, we know the criteria for judgment. What did we do with Jesus? I pray that we're ready and understand the assurance that comes in knowing Christ. I pray that we are willingly sharing with others so that they can experience that same assurance in Jesus. They don't have to wait and wonder what's going to happen to me. They don't have to wait and look for loopholes. We can be assured based on God's promises in his word. Based on not what we've done, but on what Christ has already done. And then, what did we do with him? Would you pray with me? Lord, sometimes... We think we've got it all figured out and understand everything and then we read scriptures like this that tell us at some point something we can't plan on to the exact day and time is going to happen. And we just need to be ready. Save us from the temptation to make that a someday, sometime decision. And to make that decision now that gives us assurance in you. Place in our hearts burdens for others who we're not so sure have yet decided what they're going to do with Jesus. We want them to be assured of their eternal destiny as well. So not only put the burden on our hearts open doors for us to have opportunity to tell them about the hope we find in you about the assurance of where we're going to end up with you help us to experience and to share the assurance that comes in knowing the Christ who will come again to judge the living and the dead. Help us to share that hope with all we come in contact with.
Lord, this morning, hear our prayers for those we are burdened for as we think of names and faces, even while we sing. Hear our prayers for our own assurance that may be necessary in each of our lives. Hear those prayers. Prayed where people are standing, where they're kneeling at the altar, prayed on the way home. Hear our prayers for those who still need to decide. Thank you for the assurance that you've taken care of it all. And all we do is choose. We pray for that assurance every day in our lives. And we pray all this in the name of Christ our Lord.